0: On this episode, we are discussing two of the best books of 2022: Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Lessons in Chemistry. These books were everywhere, and we're finally diving in to see if they live up to the hype. Hold on to your Bunsen burners and pause your video game as we're about to take on the best books of 2022. If you haven't read either of these yet,
1: we'd follow the Oregon Trail over to another episode. Welcome back to Page Rage. Welcome back, everyone. I'm glad we got to this 2022 because the previous year, 2021's book of the year, I had serious opinions on. It was terrible. I'm standing by that to and the What grave. book was that? Cats. The Four <laughs> Winds was so bad, <laughs> and the most depressing book I've ever read. The story itself, no. Just no. And nobody can give me a good reason of why they like the book besides that they cried a lot. Okay. It was depressing. You would cry. And brand. I took our Friday Fury and
0: I it back. That <laughs> said book after Kat's response. I had no reason to. I honestly never really wanted to in the first place. I don't really read Chris and Hannah. That's not really my genre. I don't know. Emotional angst and drama. So
1: yeah, there's already so many terrible things mm-hmm. that go on in the world. I don't need to read about more terrible things and come out leaving. Even more depressed yeah. than what's going on in regular okay. society. That's a big yeah. pass for me. I agree 100%. Mm-hmm. No, but let's get into the first one. In July 2022, Gabrielle Zevin, side note, I love the name Gabrielle, graced us with tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow and won both Goodreads Best Fiction Novel 2022 and Book of the Months 2022 Book of the Year. Sam and Sadie's friendship was born in a hospital over a video game. Fate brought them back together because of a magic eye in a train station during college. After reconnecting, they began the process of creating a game that would become an overnight success. Itchigo, tomorrow to the third power, takes us through a maze of a 30-year friendship, and these players will have to battle heartbreak and betrayals and navigate through love and loss. This is a love story, but not in your traditional sense. Also, side note, Tomorrow to the Third Power was picked up by Paramount in 2021 and the movie script is being written by Zevin herself, so fingers yes. crossed.
0: It was actually picked up for a movie before it was even released, so I don't really know how that happened. Wow. Picked it picked up in 2021, the book came out in 2022. Obviously, someone at Paramount has a NetGalley account, mm-hmm. so we mm-hmm. <laughs> got a pre-read. <laughs> Alright, Ash, well,
1: Rage a Rave.
0: This was a hardcore rave for me. I loved, loved this book, and I didn't think I was going to, but I loved it. What about you?
1: Definitely a Rave I enjoyed Zevin's writing. This is my first book I read from her. Love that it wasn't a traditional love story. I like that it was more of a friendship tale, I guess is the best way to put it. Well, since this book is solely based in the video game world, what was your favorite video game of choice growing up? We weren't a giant video game family. We only had Super Nintendo (laughs) and then Gale cut Mm -hmm. us off. Mm -hmm. Probably Mortal Kombat was like my jam. Katana, that's who I was and Clue, my mom bought me the Clue video game and we we all know how i feel yes. about Cat yes <laughs> what about you
0: i actually wasn't allowed to play video games i also wasn't allowed to watch cartoons that was my first stepfather who had something against a child watching things that were animated uh so my video game usage mm. was very sneaky so i was more of a pc gamer because you couldn't really tell what i was doing okay. but i would say it was i loved oregon trail by the way i <laughs> loved it so much yeah i loved roller coaster tycoon that was like my shit obviously Neopets. I don't know if that's really a video game, but it's definitely an immersive experience. Like those were my jams. In terms of actual video games, it was kind of like whatever my friends were doing that I could like get my hands on when I was at sleepovers and stuff. Uh, there was a lot of Mortal Kombat, you know, games of our of our
1: era. Oh yeah. My grandparents had the original Sega and nice. they only had one game and it was like Alex the Kid or something. And so me and my grandfather would just go in and it was very basic video game, but it was fine. And it was, it was what it was. He enjoyed it. So, did I? I loved it. So, who was your favorite character? I think my favorite character probably
0: was. Marks, and then a little bit of Tuesday. <laughs> love Meets of Tuesday it was such a cute name. Both of the both of the books we read for this episode have very cute dog names, and I love them. But mm-hmm. I, I did really enjoy Marks. He was very endearing. Not that I didn't like Sam and Sadie, but they had a lot going on. And mm-hmm. I feel like I was more a fly on the wall of their relationship. What about you?
1: I would say mine is Dong and Bong, the grandparents. They're so cute. I love so them. Cute. I absolutely love them. Dong, the grandfather, was so wise and just such a good study for both Sam and Sadie. And the way she wrote Bong, the grandma. So <laughs> like,
0: good. And Sadie's grandmother, too. I've, they were all great. Mm-hmm. Yes.
1: Yes. Yes, and like I pictured her in the racing glove. Oh my god! Yes, and just whipping through. I loved it. (laughs) Whipping that blue hall or whatever car she was driving
0: around LA. I loved that so much. It was so good. The supporting characters were the best
1: part of this book. Mm -hmm. I agree. So I loved them. I adored them. I can't wait to see who is going to play them. Mm
0: -hmm. Well, obviously, throughout this entire book, Sadie and Sam are drawn to video games. It is their love language. It is what they make. money in. It is literally their life breath. Why do you think they are so drawn to video games?
1: I think for Sam, it's pretty obvious. You know, that was what kept him entertained when he was going through that tragic accident where his mother passed. They were in the hospital over and over again, trying to fix his foot. So I think that is the only thing that pulled him out of himself and kind of was his... Sell for his grief. That's what he used to move past. I think Sadie's more analytical in the way she thinks. Like she's very pragmatic and very, when I read her, I felt like her mind worked as a maze. Doing a video game was the only way to go. What about you? Um.
0: Yeah, I agree for Sam. I think video games were his escape. He not only had a very traumatic childhood, he also had what he always referred to as kind of an unreliable body. He didn't really like to acknowledge that that he had um, a disability or that he had any sort of issues. And in the video game, he could be exactly like everyone else and didn't have the limitations he experienced in real life. So I think they were very important for him. For Sadie, I think it was a combination of a lot of different things. I think it was a good escape for her. I think she had a lot of downtime considering everything going on with her sister growing up as well. It was same for her. It was an escape. But she also, like you said, very analytical mind, like to understand how things work. Um, So I think a lot of it for her was research very early on, I think she kind of knew
1: that was something she wanted to do. The main thread of this whole story is Sam and Sadie's friendship. What are your thoughts? on their friendship throughout the years?
0: I think their friendship and just their overall relationship could have been improved by communication and properly communicating. A lot of their issues that they had over this 30-year span literally could have been solved if they had just talked to each other instead of making a Mm -hmm. ton of assumptions. So I did appreciate their friendship, and I appreciated how they related to each other and how they supported each other. But it was those moments when they were off, just how ridiculous and insular they were because they did not have any clue what was going on with the other one I just got really annoyed Mm -hmm. So I'm like that's that's not a friend that's being very like selfish when you're like wait something here isn't adding up let me see what's going on and just kind of like forcing your way in right I did also appreciate that Sadie ended up dating somebody whose band name was failure to communicate
1: because I like that was like the key theme of, of their relationship that could have been also a second title of yeah the book. for sure 100%. when I thought about it after I read it like not only did Sadie help Sam when he was going through such an issue she brought him out they had said he wasn't talking to anybody I think he also helped her because her sister was in the hospital so I think they both helped each other and I think maybe they didn't realize that and then when they saw each other again in college and she was going through what she was going and how he just kept showing up I was like Okay, that's Mm -hmm. a friend. It's fine. I'll just sit here and read. I thought in that moment, you could really see that what they had is real.
0: So, like we kind of touched on a little bit a couple questions ago, Sam's unreliable body really did propel him into a character called Mazer later on in the story. How do you think these two characters were different? Why do you think Mazer even came to be?
1: I think Mazer came to be because of that Maple Town formed himself after that. I think that's how Mazer was born. What about you?
0: I think Mazer actually started coming to fruition when they did the first tour for Ichigo. We started to see Sam and his alter ego. So basically, Mazer is his Sasha Fierce, right? Sasha Fierce is Beyonce's alter ego when she goes on stage. Mazer is Sam's. So I think that is when Mazer really was born. But I think the more physical attributes of Mazer did start with Maple Town because he built himself in Maple Town and then rearranged himself. That was kind of like the end of his transition into Mazer in my eyes. So I think it was kind of like a, a character arc of itself, but it definitely started with Ichigo. That's a good point.
1: Marx, who is a quote unquote non-playing character, but is definitely one of the shining side characters in this book. I mean, he's so easy to fall in love with. Turns into a major character. He's just as equal. He's like the Ron. Uh. The Ron and Harry Potter. He is the Ron. And if it weren't for him, the video game, Ichigo, would have never probably happened. Why do you feel like Sam and Sadie and other people within the novel don't really take him that seriously?
0: I think it had a lot to do with just who he was. Presented himself as a very well-off individual. He was very good looking. He was very charismatic. So I think everybody just kind of had a first assumption about who he would be based on those facts. And I think that's what we see with all these characters, is everybody has a very quick assumption about who they are, but that's not actually who they end up being. And so Marx actually was just like this lovely, fully fleshed out character who Mm. had so much depth, and he was just living his life. He loved being in love. He was the glue, like I said, that truly held them together. He was the one who propelled them into greatness. Just the way he took care of Sadie and Sam showed how selfless he actually was and just what a great human he actually was and i love him so much what about you
1: his heart is unlike anybody else's i think i've ever read in any story it was so selfless loved them in ways they couldn't love themselves the way he was with sam especially he was one of the most well-written pure heartache characters i've read in quite some time
0: i I loved the way he took care of sam it was Mm -hmm. it was the way he took care of him in a way that sam didn't even realize what was happening he was just kind of like okay like this is great i have a coat that i need i have food when i need it gift certificates because he knew if he came right out and just offered them to sam he just wouldn't take it but he just knew how to handle him so well he was like hodor oh yeah he was kind of like hodor i love that we're spanning about 30 (laughs) years but one of the biggest parts of this novel at least in my eyes was the creation of the very first video game. So watching them create a Chigo, I thought was one of the coolest things I've ever encountered. I know nothing about video games, at least not to this extent. But this was absolutely fascinating to me. What did you feel about that whole process and just watching them kind of create something like this? Did you find it interesting? Was it just something you didn't really need to see that much of? Or how did you feel about it?
1: Oh, I thought it was amazing, especially because they were doing it in like a little (laughs) apartment in the 90s. (laughs) You know, think about video games now it's completely evolved it was fascinating to see how that played out and the no sleep no eating Marks marx was constantly having to make sure they were <laughs> alive him, like, them. like here guys yes. a bite. here's some
0: water like, he running around and making yes. sure they were
1: they were good okay so villain not villain what did you think of dov sadie's on and off again married boyfriend slash professor they yeah. the
0: biggest fan of this storyline
1: it, it was
0: such a it was a very toxic relationship I will acknowledge that they were in a different and probably better place towards the end of this book but I don't like him and I didn't like him in her life I appreciated him in the beginning when it was he was so encouraging and take a stab at it which is what I tell my team all the time like let me see what you can do let's break everything to unbreak it like let's just like throw all the rules out and figure out what we can what we can do I feel like as a professor he was probably incredible Um, he obviously crossed many boundaries with her and he was an extremely abusive person Um, he he definitely took advantage of the fact that she was so young and obviously that was a pattern in his life. He dated very young women and it's very apparent why. But it's it's tough because he was also a catalyst for the success they had. Would Ichigo have been Ichigo without that engine that he had built? Probably not, because the storm was like one of the Mm-mm. biggest parts of Ichigo. And ugh, I hate it. I hate how intertwined he is with their lives, but I just don't think they would have been in the same place without him. I do think Sadie could have built something like that, but I don't think they would have been able to kind of hit the sweet spot of when Ichigo came out. Without him.
1: Yeah. I felt like seven at the end was trying to arc mm-hmm. him. I was still stuck on the time where he handcuffed her to the bed and she kind of had to use yeah. bathroom and he really didn't care. And I was like, no, nope, mm-hmm. nope, that was it for me. Since Sadie eventually got out of that abusive relationship, she ended up with mm-hmm. Marks. What did you think about that?
0: I think by the time her and Marks got together, they were obviously in a very different place. I want to say they were probably in what, like their mid twenties at that point. They had already moved to California. She had been through some random relationships with a bunch of like rocker guys and just California nonsense <laughs> and like hippies and whatever else. So I think by the time they got here, they were both in very different places. Mark's had obviously also been through a more serious relationship, um, which definitely changed him as well. So when they were in Japan together, I was kind of like, uh-oh, <laughs> I see where this is going to mm-hmm. go. But I thought their experience there was really endearing. I enjoyed how much she just kind of absorbed like his culture and what his life had been growing up. And I I loved the two of them together. I think it was really only a matter of time. They... There was so much love between Marks and Sadie and Marks and Sam as it was. It was like inevitable something like this was going to happen. So I was a big fan of it. I just wish they had told Sam in the beginning instead of letting him have to like hear about it and kind of put the pieces together. I think in that moment they we're still treating him like a child instead of like the grown adult that he was. Sam's definitely on the spectrum. That's very obvious, but he was more than capable of processing this and being able to form his own opinions and emotions
1: about it. So I don't think that was fair. What about you? I felt like it was inevitable that they would end up together. I do agree. I didn't like that. He had to call them out in the car ride. I was angry for him. I was like, you guys, like you're both his best friends. You can be adult. It definitely made me mad for him. I was pissed for him and i thought he handled it fairly Mm -hmm. well considering how mad i probably would have been but i loved them together i thought it was like a perfect fit for each other they kind of had grown into one another well one of the worst moments of this book there's a lot of trauma and sad things that happen in this book i
0: will say that But this was probably one of the most devastating. And that is Marks being murdered within the Unfair Games offices while trying to protect some of his colleagues. How did that change everything for Sadie and Sam? Because it definitely changed a lot of things just as a reader.
1: I pictured them as like an Oreo, like Sadie and Sam were the cookie and he was the cream filling. And I feel like when you took out the cream filling, they just kind of fell apart. Nothing was going well. Mediate was gone. The translator between the two was gone. Ev- their everything was gone. I feel like he was their mm-hmm. everything to each of them. They were best friends, but Mark was their everything. He was the one who handled everything. Because you think about it, when they reconnected, Mark was already mm-hmm. in the picture. They had to relearn how to communicate. And we obviously saw how big <laughs> of an issue that yes. was between the two because he's always been there. So I think they had to redo their friendship from the beginning. That was an awful yeah. death. I feel like
0: um, it was very tough to read. I think the only bright lining, silver lining and all this was how they kind of presented marks as a person who had just, thoroughly lived his life so he didn't have any regrets even though that was his time like he felt like at peace about it so I did kind of like that they had that little insight from him but for Sadie and Sam my god this was just obviously the one of the final breaking points for them in this book Sadie is just devastated but she also you know for many years had not realized what was going on with Sam so she had built up all of this like anger towards Sam And she had no idea that a lot of his actions were because of how much physical pain he was in because of his amputation. He was the very large stretch band-aid that was still just holding them together. Mm -hmm. And this was just the final thing that absolutely broke them. Marks
1: was such a great character. He He (laughs) He really was.
0: Moving on. So there was just a lot of different themes um, that were prevalent throughout this book. I think this book was absolutely beautifully written. I'm definitely going to read more of, of her books because I'm just now obsessed. Mm-hmm. I don't know how she flew under the radar for me for so long. But one thing that, I re- that really resonated with me was the way they discussed identity in this novel. So one of the quotes that really got me was Sam was having an interview. In this interview, they were essentially accusing Sam and Sadie of cultural appropriation because of the fact that he was biracial and he was half Korean and not Japanese, even though the character of Ichigo is Japanese. Uh, And so the quote was basically Sam kind of coming back to them where he was just like, I hate that world, don't you? I'm terrified of that world and I don't want to live in that world. And as a mixed race person, I literally don't exist in it. My dad, who I barely knew, was Jewish. My mom was an American-born Korean. I was raised by Korean immigrant grandparents in Koreatown, Los Angeles, and as any mixed person will tell you, to be half of two things is to be whole of nothing. Reading this, I felt it to my absolute core. I understand that on such a deep like cellular level, I cannot even explain, and Zevin herself is also mixed race, so obviously that is where this comes from, but how do you think identity
1: particularly race
0: played a role in tomorrow 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 and how do Sadie Sam and Marks represent this theme
1: throughout. One of the underlying threads of the whole book, because they do a thing with Marx in the beginning, how he's always the side character. He's never the main character because he's Japanese. They won't give him the the main lead, which I thought was fucking trash, but mm-hmm. whatever. Ichigo is supposed to be basically gender neutral, you know, and I thought, wow, that was, you know, in the 90s. That mm-hmm. was definitely, that was a big move. And when they went to both the games and they're like, no, you have to pick boy or girl. I was kind of- What is it adding to the story? Story. Yeah, I was like, who gives a shit? It was definitely eye-opening to read
0: that yeah. quote, and I can say it one thousand percent resonates. And that is exactly how I have felt for most of my life. Everybody fits into these nice little boxes that you can just like neatly put away, and then mixed people are just stuck, like straddling both, but not really fitting in anywhere. Like we don't, we don't fit in a box, so we have to kind of make our own. Which Sam definitely did uh, when he made like Maple Town. He literally created his own space where he fit. And I thought that was beautiful. Mm -hmm. And I totally understood why he did that. But I, I think it was so interesting the way that they showed their identity and their backgrounds in the video games they made, because obviously Achiga was a mix of all of them. The child walked and kind of acted like Sam. It had a bit of Marx's, um, obviously, ancestral background. When it came to like even some of the, the games that Sadie had made before, when she made that solution game and it was based on stories from her grandmother, I thought that was ingenious and I just absolutely loved it. Also loved, um, towards the end, The Master of Rebels. Sadie made that game for
1: Marks. I thought that was beautiful. Speaking of identity, I think a big part of Sam's identity was his accident that happened and left him disabled. And he definitely struggled with his foot, the whole story. What did you think about him versus his body throughout the story?
0: I think uh, alongside of just some of the quotes about his identity and just his racial ethnic background, these were the quotes that probably hit me the hardest when he was just talking about his relationship with his body, and why he gravitated towards video games, because his body in real life was so unreliable. And even there was a quote where he was talking about just being physical and being sexual with someone and how much he hated it because he just did not like to feel his actual body. Anytime he could just forget he even had one was when he was the happiest. And that just crushed me. That absolutely crushed me. I don't think we read a lot of books or see a lot of characters where they have a chronic illness that follows them their entire lives. We're seeing it a lot more now. Obviously we read it in the Brown sisters seeing something like this and, and how much it impacts everything that he does just the way he has to disassociate from certain things because because of it it just It absolutely killed me. And how Sadie just could not get out of her own drama to understand or even look into what he might be going through. Knowing Sam is not good at expressing himself. Sam very much continued to force his way in when Sadie was having her moments. But she never reciprocated that. What about you?
1: I wasn't the biggest fan of Sadie when she got mad about the Dov thing. And he was having the surgery and she just never followed up. I thought that was, I mean, I don't know how he would have I wouldn't have Mm-mm. forgiven somebody. You were upset that I knew that your whatever boyfriend that you still continue to talk mm-hmm. to. And you were upset that I sent you back for the storm. But here I am chopping off a piece of my body and having to relearn how to walk. like, that's no kind Mm-mm. of friend for me. That was a huge thing for him. And then the ghost pains and all that that broke my mm-hmm. heart when she described the pain he was mm-hmm. feeling and how severe it was all I kept thinking was Sadie you're a hoe yeah like, like my issue with Sadie was Sam also lost mm-hmm. marks and they were friends first you know they were brothers I have opinions and, on Sadie, and so. she had
0: opportunities to kind of take a step back and be like shit maybe I was in the wrong here I remember her mm-hmm. sister played both sides which was where Town was born right and mm-hmm. I know her sister had gone to Sadie and was like I didn't know you saw how much of what I went through. I didn't know you understood my experience. And she was like, no, I didn't do any of that. That was all Sam. But it's like, she never had that moment. Like, holy shit. Like these people in my life have really been through it. And I have not been there for them in the way that I should have been. Yeah. Sadie was not
1: my favorite, obviously. She was very entitled, grew up very privileged. And Sam was not. And I can see why Sam ended up the way he did. Because like when they were even selling the game, he was like, I need money. Yeah, I don't have this. I I I do not have the option to hold out for the other option. And she was so like,
0: girl, fuck off. He has this massive hospital bill from that accident he had just had. Like, what are you thinking? I mean, she wasn't. It was all about her.
1: Reeling it back. (laughs) Since we lost Marks, unfortunately, what do you think is going to happen with Sam and Sadie? Because when we left off, they were calling each other and slowly Mm -hmm. making plans. And and he gave her the Donkey Kong. I wouldn't have done that. I would have kept it myself. Do you think they're gonna end up in a romantic relationship?
0: I honestly don't think so. I think think that is what Sam needs in his life to to feel happy. I just I think he's more of an asexual person. And again, just his relationship so with his body. I just don't think that's the kind of relationship he'd ever be able to give someone. But I do hope they will find their way back to each other, at least in terms of friendship. I think the fact that he literally built her that whole pioneer game because he knew she needed a place, to be able to forget about everything that was happening really speaks volumes for who he is because once again there he is bulldozing his way in when she Mm -hmm. doesn't want anybody but again not reciprocated but anyway i'm hoping that they both have grown i'm hoping maybe she will get out of her own bubble especially now that she has a kid and maybe she will be a better friend to him but i think and i hope that they do have friendship in their future at the very least they owe marks that
1: agree i always pictured him as more asexual and i don't think they're ever going to make it to a romance i think he loves Sadie, but i don't think he'll ever be in in love with her and i think vice versa i don't even know if sadie's capable of loving sam the way he needs to be loved i think marks was the only person who was able to do that. I would actually like it if they just ended up living together and raising mm-hmm. the daughter together, but just partners and like- I think that would be thing. perfect. That's I it. think that's what they are. Why did you think Zevin titled this tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow instead of failure to communicate, which would have been- <laughs> it would, would have been funny and
0: it course. probably should have been <laughs> called that. I think it was just the idea of all of these infinite possibilities, all these infinite lives, all of this rebirth, which we saw a lot of throughout the span of this novel with their relationship and who they were and all their new identities. Sam addressed it quite a few times. One of the reasons he liked and loved actually video games is because of the fact, and Sadie too, because of the fact that you could always go back, even if your character died, you could go back to the saved place and just start again. I think that was also probably one of their biggest issues is they failed to realize that life is not a video game. Like they know it, but they don't know it. And like, you have to solve things in that moment. You don't always get a second chance, which I think, and I hope they learned from what Marx had. Well, mm-hmm. there were a lot of games that were created or alluded to throughout this novel. So which one of their video games do you want to play? So we have Solution, Emily Blaster, Ichigo, both sides, Counterpart High, aka CPH, Master of Revels, Mapletown,
1: Pioneers, the list goes on. I would probably try them all. But the one I'd probably I like the shooters, So I'd probably go with Emily Blaster. <laughs> You're in for luck.
0: Emily Blaster <laughs> does exist. <laughs> And I even included a handy dandy mm-hmm. like poor cat because you can. I was playing it at work while while I was in a work meeting. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, this is real. So you can actually play a Emily Blaster. What about you? I think I would have liked to see Master of Rebels because I think, but I think the visuals would have been absolutely marvelous. And I think I would have absolutely loved that game. But I think I would have liked to watch somebody else play Chico. Like, I think I would have enjoyed it, but I want somebody else to play mm-hmm. so I could just watch.
1: All in all. Great read. Highly recommend.
0: Highly recommend. Absolutely loved and adored this book. There is a lot to it that we didn't even get into, but definitely this one lived up to the hype 100%.
1: And probably more so. All right, moving on to the next one.
0: All right. Lessons in Chemistry by Bonnie Garmus was released in March of 2022. And just like combining mentos and soda, it exploded. In the early 1960s, chemist Elizabeth Zott was the only female scientist at Hastings Research Institute. Zott is never taken seriously until she meets Calvin Evans, who's another brilliant scientist. And of course, he falls in love with her mind first and everything else second. Fast forward, and Zot is a single mother starring in America's biggest cooking show. Her show is a bit unorthodox, which of course comes with its own blowback. While she's encouraging women of the 60s to change, there are others who are pushing Zot to change as well. yeah. Uh, So this one also won an award. It was the Barnes & Noble 2022 Book of the Year. Take that tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow in all the book wars. Um, And another fun fact, it is being turned into a show for Apple TV Plus and will actually debut in 2023 starring Captain Marvel herself, Brie Larson.
1: When I was doing this, I looked up the uh, cast. It's got a a decent cast. It does
0: have a decent cast. I'm interested. I'm displeased with the
1: casting of 630. But I will withhold my judgment. Um, I liked who they cast as Calvin. I thought that he was a great cast. And I was like, yes. I can see this. I was like, that's yep. him. That's who yep, I picked okay. So
0: Kat, was this a rage or a rave for you?
1: It wasn't quite a rage. I'm not going to say it was a full-blown rave. I did enjoy the book. I had some issues that the author didn't give some trigger warnings about the sexual abuse and assault that happened quite a few times within the book. So I thought maybe giving a heads up probably would have changed my feelings a little bit, but when I went in and then got smacked in the face with that. It definitely threw me out of the book mm-hmm. of how I mm-hmm. was feeling about it. What about you?
0: I did like this book. I agree, though. And I even say this in my own review that had you not told me about the fact that there was like sexual assaults and given me that trigger warning, I would have had a very different feeling about this book. But because I had a heads up, I was like prepped for what I was about to go through prepared. I was prepared so it didn't take away from me reading the book. I was as ready as you can be to read something like that happening so i did like this book i didn't love the book like i did tomorrow 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 so it it was still like a rave for me but like a lower end lower end rave for me
1: no i, I get it i i like the book but when i read the description it was like laugh out oh loud, no this funny. was not funny
0: there are moments that made me chuckle usually with 6 30 and there were just ways that elizabeth Mm -hmm. would interact with the world because she was just a little bit obtuse like she just she was so smart but she just didn't always pick up on social cues and things like that um she reminded me Mm -hmm. of bones honestly from the show bones temperance brennan if you will but it was not a funny book there was a lot of heavy stuff that happened in this novel
1: but i mean speaking of elizabeth the overall impression she reminded me of eleanor oliphant Mm -hmm. but like genius level. I didn't hate her. I liked her. I thought it was interesting how she saw the world. And I liked that she stuck to her guns, even when it got tough as shit for her. I respected that.
0: But I love that she was so no-nonsense. She marched to the beat of her own drum, and she refused to let anyone pigeonhole her. or Nobody put baby in a corner, right? She would not allow that. Um, Mm -hmm. So it didn't matter whether it was how she treated her child, how she treated her dog, how she treated herself. She refused to adhere to what people told her, and she was going to prove them wrong. Well, she is obviously in a very male-dominated field because it's the late 50s, early 60s, and everything was a male-dominated field. Have you yourself ever found yourself in a similar field or similar situation to what Elizabeth was going through?
1: Well, I work in construction and it is the utmost male dominated field ever. I mean, all you can do is just stick to your guns and you know, you're right, then be right. And then they'll realize that it. there is a certain joy I get out of watching a grown man learn that he's wrong and apologize to me. So love it. What about you?
0: Definitely am not in the same situation because this is not the 50s and 60s, but I am a woman of color that is in a very high level role. So have had many situations and many meetings where it'll be me and like a male colleague and they're constantly looking to him for answers, even though my role is actually the one that's in charge of the meeting that we're having. I've had many men try and talk over me or just like not even listen to what I'm telling them because they just immediately assume that they know better when they don't. It is also one of my favorite moments when they realize that I am actually the one in charge of the meeting and or they are extremely wrong. It's like a special
1: kind it of thing. It is. Play. It's like a, it's like a, it's, it's it a weird feeling, but it's like associated yeah, with joy. I agree. That's how I, mm-hmm. What did you think about the eventual romance between Elizabeth and Calvin? Did you think it was true chemistry between the two?
0: I didn't know where it was going in the beginning because <laughs> they just kept talking about how he could hold a grudge. And I was like, are you Greek? Are you from Mani? Like, what's happening? I know. <laughs> are you Kat's like brethren? Like, what's happening here? So I just didn't know where we were going in this. And of course, I was also scared because of Kat's trigger warning. So I was like, do we like him? Is he also going to assault her? I'm very scared because like all the men in here are shit. So I just was mm-hmm. like withholding how I felt about him for a minute. but then as it went on, I did really enjoy Calvin. I like that he was also just also kind of like a little bit of a brick wall when it came to social situations. And he's like, come on, you're gonna row with me. Like, what does it matter? Like, let's go like the both of them just were not (laughs) picking up on social cues. And I just, I really enjoyed their relationship. I'm very sad that Calvin did not make it very long in this book. But I did enjoy him while he was around. I think he's really the only person that Elizabeth probably would have that kind of relationship with. I honestly don't know that she'd open herself to that kind of romantic
1: relationship again. I mean, Calvin and I are related. As soon as he said the grudge holding, I felt an instant connection. I was like, me too, man. When they first met in the Beaker thing, and it was like a whole nonsense. I was like, oh, I loved it. I loved everything about their relationship. They totally were in a world of their own. And They spoke the same language, I think is what I love the most. I love that she was teaching 630 (laughs) out of all those words. And he was like, he's like, okay, okay. I think they were each other's perfect partner. And I think they were soulmates in every sense of the word. And again, I know I
0: just said it was hilarious. There are certain parts of this book that are very funny, just to reiterate, but the book as a whole, this is not like a comedy in any capacity.
1: I mean, even when the next point Calvin proposes to her and she's like, no, no. (laughs) I thought it was hilarious. (laughs) Did you see it coming though? Yeah. Again, because I also
0: picture her as Temperance Brennan in my head and I just did a whole binge of Bones and Bones did the exact same thing. She had no interest in being anybody's wife. I did also enjoy that we got like point of like the peanut gallery that's like watching them in the lunchroom. I'm like, it's it's not happening, Calvin. You're going to embarrass yourself. So no, I'm not surprised at all. Were you surprised?
1: I just loved how the whole scene Mm -hmm. played out. He was just like, wait, why? It could not stink (laughs) in his head. He was a very endearing character. Mm-hmm. He really was. You couldn't help but love him. She wrote him very well.
0: Well, let's talk about the uh, real star of this entire book, which is 630, I who I love dearly. Why do you think the author chose to include his viewpoint?
1: I mean, I think he has the best mm-hmm. viewpoint. He's like a outsider, but also invested in the whole thing. And honestly, he was probably one of the smarter characters in the whole book. So he was definitely smarter than every male scientist at that, that fucking hate mm-hmm center he was more empathetic i mean he was just like a great side character he understood her like calvin understood her she needed somebody like that in her corner unconditional it was an unconditional love for her and i love that what about you 630 had
0: the best character arc in this whole book just the fact that he started and he was dumped on the side of the road because he was too scared to jump on a bomb like he knew what he should have been doing. He just didn't want to do it, which I feel like is totally fair. Like who wants to jump on a bomb? I don't want to do that. At the end, we see him like fight through his own, just terror and make sure he saves Elizabeth, which I thought was just the cutest thing ever. I love that we watch him learn his words, but it was good to have his narration alongside of Elizabeth. Elizabeth is just so black and white. And he just kind of brought, ironically, more humanity to this book. Like when Mad was a a baby. First of all, I love that he named her. I think he named her like 221 or something like that. I don't know. It was so cute. (laughs) One of my favorite moments. She was like screaming her head off when she was a little kid. And Elizabeth was saying something like, oh, she, da, 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 da. And 630 was like, she, as in Banshee.
1: And i (laughs) Just like. (laughs)
0: I was like, like, this dog is amazing. So if we were only seeing it through Elizabeth, I think it would have been a very different book.
1: So let's talk about the big change in the book, the big traumatic event. Of all traumatic events that happened in this book, this is one of the many. Calvin's death, which was very upsetting (laughs) and unnecessary in my opinion. And the pregnancy. How do you think that changed everything for Elizabeth? I mean, that was like a double whammy for her. Not only did she
0: lose like the love, love of her life 630 also lost of one of the loves of his life and he felt responsible mm-hmm. which I thought was horrible and then the pregnancy like true double whammy like something she never wanted and now had to try and figure out on her own this moment was the catalyst for everything that came after because pregnancy was instant firing for her she could no longer take 630 like everything changed for her so she was left without a partner she was left without an income and she had many mouths to figure out how to feed
1: luckily she did have 630 long. Mm-hmm. Time her so she wasn't completely alone i think 630 was a big part of how that kept her going to be honest with you
0: because i think that and the fact that she had to take care
1: of people i mean it's the same thing like her whole life got rocked was mind-blowing to me (laughs) get fired for fucking being pregnant disgusting
0: this story like the last one obviously had a great supporting cast between harriet who was basically an extended family member Um, To Walter, who was her Elizabeth's producer, who would eventually become one of her good friends. And then, of course, 630, who was your favorite supporting character and why?
1: I mean, I'm going to put 630 as like a, he's main, a main, character main character vibe because yeah. I really, I'm he's a main character. I mean, it would be him, but if not, I really did enjoy Harriet after, you know, she got out of her own way. I liked Walter because he just kept taking chances and, and I liked the row instructor who ended up being her OBGYN. Dr. Mason. I liked him a lot. <laughs> this man was wild,
0: like, but I really enjoyed him. I think my favorite Dr. Mason moment was when she talked about rowing on her TV show. And then all of a sudden at like the row house in the next morning or the boat house <laughs> the next morning, it was just filled with women, including Dr. Mason's wife, who he could never get to come. And then all of a sudden, there she was. Like, it was hilarious. So again, I know, hilarious moment. I know, it was, it was funny. That was a funny moment. So yeah, I did enjoy Dr. Mm-hmm. Mason. I did like Harriet, like you said, once she kind of got out of her
1: own way. Okay, so Walter gave Elizabeth the chance on the cooking show, and it became a giant hit. I literally pictured Julia mm-hmm. Childs, <laughs> but- American Mm -hmm. version. Why do you think it resonated with so many women around the country in the 60s? It resonated with them because she didn't talk to them like they were insolent children. She
0: talked to them like they were capable human beings who could absolutely be tasked with listening to, quote unquote, like complicated, like chemistry Um, equations and notes and be able to, you know, build something out of it. So I think that's why she knew what it was like to be a single mom with everybody basically shutting door after door on her because she wasn't a man and she just refused to talk down to them or play up to the stereotype. And I loved Mm -hmm. every minute of how she talked to the women on her show.
1: I think one of the moments that resonated the most with me in this book was one of the women went on and she had been studying to be a Mm -hmm. heart surgeon or a heart heart doctor and Zot like, mm-hmm. pushed her. Why not? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you saw the like, light bulb went off in her head and she was like, what am I doing? And I think that is what made women so attracted to the show. I mean, you went to school, you came out, you got married, Mm -hmm. you had kids, and that was what you did. You may have had an interest and that interest went out the window as soon as you got married and had kids. It was now his interest. So I think she helped them find themselves again in a time period when there was no them. It was their kids and their husband.
0: I completely agree. And I just, I really enjoyed Mm -hmm. the way she kind of revolutionized just what women felt they were capable of, It was interesting to see the dynamic impact that she had on the world around
1: her. I mean, the big twist at the end, I guess, was that Calvin's real life mother was the one behind the funds to Elizabeth's scientific research. How did you feel about that?
0: I wasn't surprised by this. It kind of felt like that's where it was leading in the beginning with all of the just different viewpoints we were getting from like Matt and Wakely and everybody else. It kind of seemed like that's where this was heading. You know, he had some kind of benefactor I didn't know if it was going to be his mom necessarily but it felt like there was some benefactor who was very interested in Calvin so I had a feeling it would kind of play out similarly it did make me happy that Elizabeth was able to go back to who she wanted to be and was able to finally take leadership of her own chemistry lab and I'm hoping she's gonna fill that with all different types of women glad that they were able to kind of create their own family like this is another one of those found family books and I really enjoyed that Mm -hmm. and I just love that it showed mad that she you can really be and do whatever you want to be you know if you work hard enough the things are going to fall into place that need to did it tie it in a a little bit too nice of a bow at the end a little bit but I still think Elizabeth deserved a break (laughs) after
1: everything she had been through I kind of wish it would have happened a little bit differently I wish because Calvin was so angry about his past which I understand it was a rough upbringing I will give him that but I wish it I wish he hadn't died as angry. I also struggled mm-hmm.
0: a bit with this book. I, I think they are fixing it in the movie or the show version, but there was no diversity in this book whatsoever. So it's like, we are dealing with a woman in the 50s, 60s, who is very much still kind of treated as like a second class citizen. But all I kept thinking for this entire book is what would have this been like for a woman of color? Like there was no shot. She would have been able to do any of this. You know what I mean? And so mm-hmm. I struggled a bit with this book because I felt it was a very siloed viewpoint. um, And these opportunities would have never worked out for anybody else but her. So to wrap this up, is this a book that you would recommend to someone? Do you think it holds up to best books of 2022? What are your thoughts?
1: Would I recommend it to somebody? Probably. Would I say this is one of the better books of 2022? No, I'm not going to say that. I did not find this a laugh out loud, witty hilarious book. I found this (laughs) to be very complicated and upsetting and triggering. And yes, there were some chuckles Mm -hmm. thrown in to make it a little bit more lighthearted. But I definitely did not think this was a best book of 2022. No,
0: I would recommend this to somebody, but I would give them the trigger warning. So they're very aware because I think if you're not, it's just not going to be the same. I do think this was a good book. I think just looking at some of the books that came out in 2022, I think it did have some depth that others didn't. So i do do think it is one of the better books of 2022. Um, I don't know if it's the best, but I do think it's one of them. I can see it in the top 10, which I think it is in a lot of places. Um, I do agree. It was very witty. I have again, half of this is just highlighted with quotes and things that I just absolutely loved. But it is not a lighthearted read. It is very tough to read. But I do think a lot of the characters are endearing. So all in all, I, I do think it was a good book. Okay, well, looking at the two of them, how do we feel? Do we think these both of these are worthy of being best books? Do we think they're in the top? 10 what do we think between tomorrow 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 and tomorrow 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 and (laughs) lessons in chemistry (laughs) was one better than the other
1: oh tomorrow to the third power is by far much better mm-hmm. to me. I think tomorrow, tomorrow, and tomorrow was beautifully written. I loved the tale that it told. I thought it ripped your heart out and sealed it back together at the same time. Lessons in chemistry, I did enjoy at times. We read two different books because I gave mm-hmm. you the trigger warning and I went Agreed. in blind. I would recommend both. I would just again mm-hmm. give the trigger warnings for the second. The but caveats. tomorrow to the third power. I'm I'm excited to see on the big screen. I agree. I'll bring my tissue box mm-hmm. right along with me because I will be hysterical. Yep. <laughs> (laughs) I'm going to wear a team mark shirt to the uh, (laughs) opening
0: night. But yes, (laughs) I think these both had a place and I definitely think they both deserve to be in the top books of 2022. I was just looking at some of the books that came out in 2022 and we're talking about like A Flicker in the Dark, Hotel Nantucket, The Bodyguard, Book of Night. Like they did not hold up to these two books. Some of them were good. They were like solid threes, but I don't think they held up to these books. Tomorrow, 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 by far my favorite. I loved that book. I liked Lessons in Chemistry. I loved Tomorrow, Tomorrow, Tomorrow. You can check them both out. Just take all of our caveats and warnings about lessons in chemistry so nobody is surprised. It was rough for me. Was there anything else that came out last year that you feel like should have been in this list?
1: You know, I really did like um, our two books that we reviewed, The Jackal and even Killers of a Certain Age. Sign Here I really enjoyed. All these books I enjoyed more than Lessons fair. in Chemistry. Again, I didn't hate Lessons in Chemistry. It just was a little... It needs a it trigger warning. Very, People need to know what they're getting themselves Yeah. Into. Tomorrow to the Third Power, I definitely think tops all those other ones. I thought it was beautifully I done. Agree.
0: And it's, so. it surprised me because I thought it was just going to be a fluffy romance. Mm-hmm. And that's
1: not at all what we got. Are there any 2022 you'd rather see?
0: I don't think so. I think Tomorrow, Tomorrow, Tomorrow definitely is probably like the top of the list. Just looking at what came out in 2022. Uh, but I agree. I think of a certain age, definitely belongs in there. I loved Carrie Soto is back. Very Secret Society of Irregular Witches. You know, I also love that. Just the conversations of representation and mm-hmm. that. I also just absolutely adored. But uh, I definitely think they both fit in with the top 10. Toss Coho out of there. And I don't agree with any of that, but... <laughs> Coho is yeah. never in my top they, <laughs> I mean, but she had two books come out last year and they definitely were in a lot of top charts. So just not in mind. So I oh, think these uh... both blow them out of the water. There we go. Agreed. Oh, okay. All right. Well, we want to hear from you. Do you think tomorrow, 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 tomorrow <laughs> and Lessons in Chemistry were <laughs> the best books of 2022? Email us at hello at pageragepodcast.com or DM us on Insta at rage underscore podcast. And of course, please subscribe to our show on your favorite podcast network.